0: AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. All right, guys. Listen, I want to talk to you today about the origins of incubus and succubus. And we're going to be dealing with the Nephilim connected to First Corinthians. You don't want to miss it. We're going to be connecting it to inordinate human desire for angelic sexual intercourse. Actually outlined in scripture. And in order to understand my line of thinking um, with this, I want to encourage you to find my Facebook page. Look for a video called Because of the Angels. Because of the Angels. And we're going to be dealing with that today. I didn't deal with it on uh, Periscope, but I did deal with it on Facebook and the video went viral everywhere, viral everywhere. All right, we're gonna be tackling a little bit concerning the human desire or the contamination of the human uh, species in desiring sexual intercourse with angels that can be traced all the way back, back, all the way back, to Genesis chapter six. And then if you fast forward, if you fast forward after the flood, you find the same demon spirits or inordinate sexual desire upon the men of Sodom. Not only that, if you fast forward again, um, you find it also in the book of Judges with the man with the concubine who was raped all night. And then if you fast forward that all the way, um, to the time of Christ, he says, probably the most important biblical text found throughout the whole New Testament when it as concerns eschatology in this one statement. He said, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the son of man be. So very simple. If you want to understand true, hermeneutical and homiletical biblical eschatology, then you have to study the mystery of antiquity. As in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. So now you understand why he is Alpha beginning. He is Omega in the end. I am the first and the last. So um, what has happened before, Ecclesiastes says, has already, what is happening now has already happened. And what is to come is happening now. So therefore, there is nothing new under the sun. Did you catch that? I'm already tossing out. I'm connecting the dots for you. There's nothing new under the sun. That which is has already been. And that's why Jesus said to understand my, the coming, the second coming of the son of man. Well, very simple. You have to study uh, the pre-Diluvian ancient human civilization in the time of Noah, as in the days of Noah. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. So with that being said, this gives us a great premise and a launching pad to be able to understand end time events. If you want to know how this all is going to play out, well, you don't study Matthew chapter 24. You study Genesis chapters one through six. And what sticks out from there is the story of the Benai Elohim, which we get sons of God, the Benai Elohim. Now let me just throw this at you for those of you that are theologian. The word Elohim means plurality of gods. It doesn't mean singular or monotheistic. Now we are a monotheistic uh people. We are a Judeo-Christian uh community of people who carry the presence of God. But the word Elohim actually is plural. It means plurality or multiple gods. Now, let's kind of break this down a little a little bit. Adam Watch this, was a son of God. But not only that, if you go to the book of Job, chapter 38, we also see that the word benai Elohim, or the sons of plurality of gods, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the eternal Godhead, Colossians chapter 3, we are complete in him who is the fullness of the Godhead or the divinity in Spanish, we call it la diedad where we get the word diadem. Oh man, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going in. All right. Now watch this. So with that being said, the apostle Jude references something. You could read this in the book of Jude. He cites the book of Enoch. He cites the book of Enoch. So this lets us know that there are books of the Bible that are missing. We know that they are missing because we find the book of Jasher. The book of Joshua talks about the book of Jasher. We don't have the book of Jasher. We find Jude talking about the book of Enoch. We don't have the book of Enoch. As a matter of fact, we find uh, in the last chapter of 2 Corinthians, we find that there was another book of Corinthians. He actually says it and says, and I have another letter that I sent to the Laodicean church. So we don't we don't know. And then if you go to the book of Colossians chapter four, there was another epistle called the Laodicean epistle. There was a whole nother epistle out there. We don't have it. All right. So why were these? Watch this. Why was or were these books extracted from Scripture? I'm going to give you the answer. It's found in one overall theme, the giants, the Nephilim, the fallen ones who produce the Rephaim, the giants, which was outlined before the council of Nicaea, the Catholic church came together and chose to extract the book of Enoch out of the scriptures for the story of the Nephilim. Now, I could go into a whole nother thing. There's more books that are out there. Let's just be honest. And, and your, your average pastor already knows this, might not bring it up, but all right. Now watch this. There is a biblical premise for, watch this. I'm going to bless you. There's a biblical premise and it has everything to do with incubus. And succubus. I'm going to address and I'm going to challenge some of you theologically uh, concerning this whole concept of angels having sexual intercourse with the human species. Is it even possible? And I'm going to wrestle with you because rightly so. The average modern evangelical goes right into, well, Jesus said in heaven, neither angels, neither married, nor are given in marriage. They jumped at that one to immediately shoot this down. Now, let me share a secret with you. And if this is too heavy for you and you're a Christian, then I'd say if you're going to get tripped up, log off, log off because I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm just going to tell you straight true what it is. I'm not gonna lo- log it down so that you can catch up. Baby, you need to run faster in your level of understanding. Baby, you gotta run and catch what I'm saying. Uh, cause they done they don't they done taught you wrong. All right. So let's just address that and uh, I'm confused. And, uh, well, log off, baby. I'll be all right. Catch me on my next on my next periscope. All right, let's keep going. Now watch this. Let's address this thing, all right? W- watch this. Number one. The apostle Paul said something very, very interesting that really, really sticks out to me. Did you catch what I'm saying? He said this when it came to women and their covering. Watch this. He said, women, make sure you cover yourself. Um, because the covering of a woman, watch this, uh, is the man. The covering of man is Christ. The covering of Christ Is the father and then sandwiched right in that same verse, which we overlook. It says also cover yourself because of the angels. Did you catch that? You can read that in your King James version of the Bible. And you do know King James was gay. Let's just get that. Let's just throw that out there. King James was straight flaming homosexual, but he sanctioned the writing of the scriptures. There's just no way around that one. You're going to have to embrace that one. All right. But you KJV lovers. All right. Let's just go. Let's just go there. All right. And you could go look it up to everything that I'm saying. All right. Now look at this. He said, he said, watch this. He said, cover yourself because of the angels. Now, why would he say that? Because in the mind of the early church, In the mind of the early church, the story of the Benai Elohim sleeping with the daughters of Ish. The daughters of Ish is where you and I get the word dirt. Dirt is synonymous for the word, Hebrew word, terra. In Spanish, we call it tierra, which means earth, dirt. The daughters of Ish or the daughters of humus, where we get the word human being, all right? So watch this. In their mind, it wasn't up for a debate. And you could read this also in the historian Josephus. He wrote about the Nephilim. It was widely common knowledge that the Benai Elohim would, and there was a time that they did have intercourse with the daughters of men and produce a race of giants which are the creators of the megalithic structures that you see that scientists and, and archaeologists to this day cannot explain who built these megalithic structures that even the Incas, when they got to uh, um, Pumapunku and and all of those uh, megalithic structures at the top of the Peruvian uh, Anduvian Mountains, they said that they were there when they got there. And you can see that where they began to build and what was already there, that was already built it. Did you catch it? And you find in all of the ancient myths in every civilization, you find one common theme. Now, are many of those stories exaggerated? Of course they are. Um, Is myth true? No, it is not. But there is truth in myth or every myth is built on some sort of truth. Did you catch what I just said? And there's one underlying theme, two of them, that you can find in every ancient civilization that's beyond and goes way before Egypt. This thing goes beyond Egypt. This goes all the way back to the brotherhood of the snake, to the time of Cain, to the ancient time of Gilgamesh, and all of these Syrophoenician gods that were there, who they will tell you that the gods came from the heavens or the Anunnaki and all of that stuff. We know it as the Rephaim, but they know it as uh, the star people that came from the heavens, from the heavens they came. And when God kicked them out of earth or God kicked them out of heaven, they landed on one place, the mountain of Hermon. They landed on the mountains of Hermon and you find the mountain of Hermon all throughout scripture. Now, what made it now, what made it, what made the mountain of Hermon very interesting is that the mountains of Hermon borders three countries, Syria, Lebanon and Iran. Well, very simple. You find that called a third. Listen, Hermon means in your Bible stargate to the gods did you catch that you can read this in psalm 133 and just look do a bible word search on the mountain of hermon now you know why jesus went up to the mountain of hermon to transfigure before the three peter james and john iran syria and lebanon uh those three represent a third why did peter want to create a tabernacle Why did he want to create a dwelling place? Well, very simple. That mountain was the dwelling place. And that's why Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning to the earth. Right? And where did he land? He had to land somewhere. He landed on the mountain of Hermon. Let's go further. What mountain did you think Satan took Jesus up and showed them all the kingdoms of the earth? You know, that was in Jerusalem. It said, and Satan took Jesus to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. Come on, don't play with Pastor Pagani here. I'm well informed here. I don't just teach deliverance. All right, we go, we getting it in today. All right. Now, those three represent what is called the third. Oh, that makes so much sense. A third of the angels fell down. Did you catch what I just said? All right. Let's go. Let's go further. I'm going, I'm going in. All right. And I'm Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, Orthodox Christian. And I speak in tongues, Pentecostal, Kingdom, Fafo, all of that stuff. But I'm well informed right here. I know my Bible and I know biblical eschatology and I know the mysteries of the antiquity to be able to connect the dots. There is a reason. And don't even let me get started on what really is a demon. The disembodied spirit of the Nephilim. I'm going to leave that one alone because I'm really trying to head to get to the incubus and to succubus. All right. But I have to set up a premise. So that way, by the time I get to that, I don't sit here and have to argue with you and have to block half of you because you're saying, my brother, you done went off the deep end. I am showing you the biblical blueprint. So when I say it, you won't have I won't have to use my finger ministry and block you from my periscope because you're talking foolish and you're sounding like a very ignorant modern Chuck E. Cheese ice cream parlor evangelical that don't know his Bible is caught up with desert struggling wilderness theology of don't give up and nah. All right, let's keep going. All right, let's keep going. All right, excuse my zealousness, but I'm informed. This Puerto Rican is informed over here. I totally love being a Puerto Rican theologian from the Bronx. Let's do this thing. All right, now watch this. Look at this. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's keep going. All right, now watch this. So, Jesus said, watch this. Jesus said, in heaven, the angels neither marry nor are given in marriage. Let's stop there. Because that's the verse many use to, pre- to, to presuppose. That, did you catch it? That it is impossible for angels to sleep with women because they are sexless. Okay, let me share a secret with you. That verse does not say that. It says, watch this, in heaven they neither marry or are given in marriage. It does not say on earth. Let that one sink in. All right. Before you go in, get into a misconception and, and get contextual, baby, read the whole thing. It says in heaven, angels neither marry or are given in marriage. It does not say on earth because then that will, that will be diametrically opposed to Genesis chapter six, where it says angels took women and slept with them. Then we got a problem here. Did you see what I'm saying? Now on earth, on earth, I'm telling you, according to the Bible, that is potentially, now I'm not making this absolute, but I'm giving you plausible theology. Did you see what I'm saying? Now watch this. Jesus even said, or the writer of the book of Hebrews said, you better entertain strangers, because you could be entertaining an angel unawares. All right. Stop right there. Let's keep going. All right, look at this. Now, look at this. With that being said, watch this. What makes angels potentially go into a level of lusting after the human species? I'm going to tell you. Watch this. This is going to bless you. I'm going to help you see the panoramic view of the bigger picture. Watch this. When God created, when God created Adam on earth, Adam was special in creation. He was special, but there was nothing in Adam that would make angels lust after it. And I'm going to tell you why, because God created everything in male species or male gender species. That's why God is not mother. God, he's father. God, that's why all angels are in male gender humanoid form. There's no female angels. When God created Adam, he was male in species. Now don't get caught up with male and female because in Christ and in God, there is no gender. But the word male is also the word father. Watch this. And the word father, it means source. It means pattern. Or we get the word pattern, prototype, leader, figurehead, representative. Did you catch it? So when God created Adam, The Bible says the sons of God, Job 38, 38, shouted for joy. They shouted for joy, but they didn't lust after anything because Adam looked like us, except that he's a little lower than us, a little lower than the angels, but God crowned them with honor and glory. There was nothing different that would make an angel lust. Why? Because Jesus is not the daughter of God. He's the son of God. Did you catch it? So you got father, God, male, son of God, male, angels, Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer, male, Adam, male. No lusting there. And then God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he created Eve. And when Eve was created, watch this, watch this. It was single-handedly the greatest creation in the eyes of the demons who were once angels that set them on a path of wanting to lust after them because now there is a species created that can allow me to reproduce myself. Did you just catch it? So when, f- for when God created female, the angels had never seen that. They had never seen a female species before she had never been created. Did you catch what I just said? Everything, watch this. What produces temptation is something you never had before. Something you never saw before. Something that would spark, what would spark your interest? Well, very simple. Something that you never experienced before. So now God is saying that species that was just created can allow this male called Adam reproduce himself after the image. So that means the female species can reproduce images. The female species was created to reproduce images. Did you catch it? That's why, ah, uh, when, when, when Seth was born, she, Eve said, for the Lord has produced through me another man. In my likeness. Go read it. Eve said that. Genesis chapter 4. Did you catch that? Watch this. All right. So when a third or a group of watcher angels or watchers saw this species, the Benai Elohim went from shouting for joy to lusting after them and said, that species, what what's this? Notice how the sons of God didn't sleep with other men. No, they specifically went after the female species. Did you catch it? They specifically went after the female species. They didn't go. Out. You don't see the sons of God sleeping with the sons with the with the sons of men. Scripture says with the daughters, with the daughters of men. Did you catch it? Now watch this these angels began to lust after them and said that they went unto them and manipulated the human genome. Did you catch it? And was born unto them the Rephaim, which was the fallen ones continuance or the fallen ones legacy. And these were men of renown found throughout all the history in the Bible. Let me give you one. Let me give you one. Now, I know many of these myths and legends are exaggerated, unbiblical, impossible stories. But there's one of them that sticks out. One of them sticks out of all of them. Hercules. Now, I don't believe in Hercules, but I do believe that there were demigods among us because Genesis 6 says that there was. Now that makes sense. Why you find only the story of Samson by itself, singular throughout all scripture. You only find that story one time. You don't find stories like Samson throughout scripture over and over and over and over again. You find one story, one story. And what is God saying in Judges chapter 13 with Samson? Pay attention. He's saying, pay attention and see The prophetic in there. I could go even a step further and go into the whole thing of Samson killing or Samson touching the jawbone of a donkey and touching another species. Y'all not ready for that. Y'all not ready for that, man. Where, where, where he, he, haven't you noticed that the whole story of Samson, Samson is dealing with animals? He's, he's, he's touching donkeys, touching lions, touching this, touching that bees, lions, bears. And watch this. Samson's whole anointing is built on one thing. Riddles. He said, if you could figure out this riddle, if you could figure out this riddle. Well, God is telling you, if you could figure out the riddle of Samson, then you'll understand human beings endowed with supernatural strength. I'll leave that. I'll let your mind work on that one. All right, let's keep going here. So if angels, and I'm gonna leave it here, this is part one. If angels can lust, where does the origin of lust come from? They come from the fallen angels. They come from the fallen angels. So would you agree that this lustful angelic force Are the origin, are the origin of sexual perversion? Yes. If you agree, then the topic of incubus and succubus makes absolute biblical sense. There are angels that are assigned, listen, that do attack people at night with sexual lustful fantasy dreams what do you think that's coming from lustful demons I, listen i've done over 400 deliverance sessions one on one with people and i'm not exaggerating because i do count them all right and i would say about 25% of them are people who would tell you something was fondling them and made and made them reach orgasm while they were sleeping they woke up and they woke up feeling like they wanted to fornicate, masturbate, commit adultery. They, they had the whole night sleeping and having sexual thoughts. Baby, these are solid people. They, ma- they are not making that stuff up. They are not making that stuff up. It's just that they have nobody to talk to. Cause the moment you say something like that, I think I was attacked by a sexual spirit of incubus or succubus, which is nothing but the Catholic's term of demons manifesting as men. Fondling women, raping them at night in their sleep. They wake up, ask around. They wake up and they feel like they've been violated. And succubus demons impersonating women, completely making men climax. When they wake up feeling dirty, like they messed up. And these are believers. Hey man, listen, they they can't tell nobody because the moment they tell somebody, you get some overzealous, Immature, evangelical, talking about, oh, no, the Bible says in heaven angels either marry and given in marriage. Sounding all foolish and uninformed and ignorant. Sounding like a overzealous, just loving Jesus, you know, just doing that hasn't even studied, C- completely discrediting this person's experience. Baby, listen, man, I know that exp- we should not have experiential theology and I get it. Half of these evangelical kingdom apostolic firefoil, whatever you want to call it, is straight sensational and extreme and out of Bible, whatever you want to call it. I get it. Yes, it is. But you can't sit here and say, everybody. Listen, I know I I have had solid pastors fly into my church saying they don't know what, they don't know what grips them, but they, three o'clock in the morning, they're waking up masturbating and they don't know how to stop and they, I'm gonna leave that alone because then it'll get, I'll get too intense when it comes to the language here of, baby, listen, these are real people, real preachers, real ministers struggling. And don't even let me get started on homosexual spirits that just be hiding in people's faces. And you can just look at somebody and say, okay, they struggling. All right. So, so with that being said, part one is let's expose this thing. It is potentially biblically Apostolically, orthodox Christian, orthodox possible that demons can impersonate incubus, succubus, or how about this? Let's go even a step further. Demons are personalities too. What they can't lust, demons can't lust. We can lust, but demons can't lust. I mean, listen, there's some gay demons, man, and they 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 perpetuate that stuff. You mean to tell me they can't, no, demons just inspire to be gay, but maybe demons ain't got desires. They don't got desires. Like they can't sit there and lust after something. Of course they do. They are the origin of lust itself. Watch this. So the apostle Paul was saying, hey, ladies, cover yourself. Now he was referring to it spiritually spiritually. And according to God's biblical hierarchy concerning the priesthood of the home being the male or the husband. But spiritually, he jumped in that and said, women, cover yourself because of the angels. What you think demon spirits ain't sizing you up when you coming out that shower? Come on, man. Listen, if this is too much for your little modern evangelical mind, I see you on my next scope. What you think? You think gay demons ain't lusting after good looking men that God created to look beautiful? The Bible says David was beautiful. Absalom was beautiful. Jesus was beautiful. Adam was beautiful. You think demons don't lust as well? Come on, guys. Your biblical institute got you trapped in that little theological box that you're in. It's okay to look outside the box for a little bit and learn what is called theological higher criticism, where you get to think outside the box. Now, nothing I'm saying is doctrine. I'm not teaching doctrine, but I am teaching plausible theology. Plausible means that there are scriptures to validate that. Just it hasn't been made canonical and doctrine. But I tell you, the early church... Had that in mind. The historian Josephus had that in mind. Did you catch what I'm saying? Jude had that in mind when he cites the book of Enoch. Did you catch it? Now let's deal with the sons and the city of Sodom. What made the city of Sodom evil? Well, very simple. These men wanted to have sex with the angels. Did you did you read did you read the Bible? Go read it, Genesis fifteen, somewhere around there sixteen, right? It said, "Bring these men out, so we may read your Bible, lay with them." Modern versions say, "Have sex with them, baby." And watch this—they were ready to kill to get it done. They were ready to kill, which means that the human species was so corrupt that they actually desired and felt like they wanted, they wanted to produce giants on the earth. Let me give you one more that I'm done. I think I said that I'm done like four times already is that this is so good. The Bible says there were giants in the earth on those days. Who do you think Cain was talking about when he told the father, I don't, whatever you do, don't send me to the other side of Eden. I don't want to go to the west side of Eden. because I don't want to go over there. Because There's a whole other group of people over there. I'm not going over there. I don't want to go over there. I'm not going over there. Because he said, whoever finds me will kill me over there. And that's when God put a mark on him. Well, who do you think those people were? Why didn't he want to go over there? Why was he afraid for his life? You do know that the seven continents were all one big supercontinent that the early generations used to call Pangea. The Bible calls it Eden. The garden was in the east of Eden. The garden was not called Eden. It was in the east of Eden. That was a controlled environment. Now I'm going to say something and you're going to go look this up. Adam did not name all the animals. He named all the domestic animals. Go read your Bible. God brought the animals, the domesticated animals to Adam and he named them. Did you catch it? And he, and he named them, right? But the Bible did, does not say that Adam named all the animals because they were animals in Eden. That the Bible calls wild beasts. And they were undomesticated animals. And we don't find Adam. You want to know why? Because the Bible says, and God bought all the, go read it. Your Bible says domestic animals. He bought all the animals that we could control. We could control. And said, you name those animals. You name those animals. And as man, watch this. As man began to populate and move to the east, they were discovering animals And they would name them along the way. And we're still doing it to this day. If you look up the National Geographic, they will tell you how many new species of animals was discovered this year. So we are still continuing that process. Did you catch it? Process. Now watch this. Why wouldn't demons lust after human species to reproduce? Ah, so then that makes sense. If humans can reproduce, and if we manipulate the species used to reproduce it, I can produce a hybrid, demigod. Did you catch it? We know demigod has to be real because Jesus was both 100% God and 100% man. Theoanthropos, the God-man, you have to believe in that to be an orthodox Christian, that Jesus is both, you see me, you see the Father. So you have to believe in hybrid or or whatever the case may be, you have to believe in it, right? So then the angels said, "I wonder what else we can manipulate." So they turned to horses and manipulated that, and they created minotaurs and they manipulated that. So then you got a hybrid of this, and you got a you got a hybrid of species mixed with an animal. Ah! You want biblical reference? Oh, I'm glad you asked. The Book of Revelation says, John. I, John, saw a beast coming out of the earth, not just the waters, a whole nother beast. And it had the body of a leopard, the face of a lion and the tail of a scorpion. Ah, sound like a hybrid to me. I'm done. I'm gonna leave it there. So I think I just cracked your brain right now. Whew. The Lord had a blessing and anointing and the spirit of wisdom rest upon all of you. As you intake all of this, as I leave it here to deal with this for part two on another day, everything that I said, you could go look it up in the Bible and I'm gonna hold myself accountable. If anything that I'm saying is unorthodox, heretical, sensational and outside of scripture, you can expose me publicly. Ain't nobody scared over here. All right. You can hold me accountable. And if I'm off, You can use my name and expose me publicly, and you can do videos and say, this guy has a lunatic that lost his mind. I hold myself accountable. You go tell the Holy Spirit I told you that, and tell me what he tells you about this class. And if it's off, it's off. But if it's Bible, baby, let's dig in the scriptures, and let's dig and dig and dig and dig until we come to the knowledge of the truth. Love you. May the blessing of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob grant you one of the manifestations of the sevenfold spirit of God. May he grant you the spirit of understanding. May your spirit assimilate everything that was taught here plausibly. And may it be a blessing and serve to stir you up to go read your Bible and study deeper. As in the days of Noah. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer Leclerc is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.